Srajestvom tovarishi, idor pojolat sad power. I'm Roberto, and I wanted to gift you guys for the holidays the first Patreon episode that we recorded for Zard Power. With this, you'll be able to hear what we have to offer. And mind you, I left it uncensored, so if you hear my F-bomb near the end, don't be alarmed. I will be censoring things heavily in the main show, but on Patreon, things are a lot more loosey-goosey. Now, we'd love for you to come join us in the Grand Embassy, where you can come in and support us and hear awesome movie reviews such as Brat, Viking, or hear our short stories on Baba Yaga. We're going to be releasing The Nutcracker a bit later this month, once we finally do record everything. And then we will do the fun thing, and next year we will start our Russian Writers miniseries. So get in on that early, because we will be starting with Alexander Pushkin this upcoming February. Now, we can't wait to see you there, and have a great holiday and a happy new year. Bye-bye. I'm Roberto. And I'm Brendan. And together, we're ranking the Russian rulers from Rurik to Putin. This week, a Russian film, Brat or Brother. Yes, so as you can tell, we're not ranking anybody this time because we are on Patreon. So, welcome to the Grand Embassy. Yes, welcome. Did I say the title right, Brat? You did. It was fantastic. I was putting on my generic foreigner accent, Brat. Yeah, that's basically how it works. I just put my t- I just put my like tongue in the middle of my mouth and that's it. Brat. Yeah. We are reviewing the Russian film Brat or Brother. I'm just going to call it Brat because it's faster. So yeah, this is a Russian crime film uh, that was filmed in 1997 by Alexei Balabanov. And it stars um, Sergei Badrov Jr. And he's playing... Uh, Danila Bagrov, a young ex-conscript who becomes embroiled with the St. Petersburg mob through his criminal older brother. And I'm totally not reading this from Wikipedia right now. <laughs> <laughs> so my only exposure to... Wait a second, no, the Soviet Union was already broken up by this point. So. Yeah, so the Soviet Union was gone. So okay. This is basically the early days of the Russian Federation. This is a cult film. So, like, this is a very popular film in Russia. It's probably, okay. like, the most popular and famous film. That has oh, come out okay. of Russia. Yeah. Oh, so it's it's Russian boondock sta- saints, basically. It's literally Russian boondock saints, but this came first. Right. Well, the boondock saints is about, it's it's an anti-mob film, but whatever. And then um, this is, uh, well, remember, you gotta remember the, the Russian mob was at its height at this time. That's true. And like, I have no clue because I haven't seen the movie. I just, I've just heard about it. And it has a sequel, uh, Brat Dva, or Brother 2, which is actually pretty uh famous and that was released in 2000 so we'll do that one in the future but we're, we're watching the first one my only exposure to russian cinema besides this was uh stalker by andrei tarkovsky yeah i think i think you might enjoy this one uh it's very actiony okay because i understand that tarkovsky's style is extremely slow i just dislike that style yeah so this is not tarkovsky this is balabanov i'm gonna probably piss off a lot of cinephiles but i do not enjoy tarkovsky I did not enjoy Stalker. I've never seen Tarkovsky films, so... Oh, okay. Or I might have. I just don't know his stuff. But we're not here for Tarkovsky. We're here for Brat by... Uh, it was written and directed by Alexei Balabanov, as I said earlier. 
Um, this was also premiered at the 1997 Cannes Film Festival in the Unsotan Regard section. Actually, I have, it's not Russian cinema, but it was Soviet cinema. I also watched uh, Come and See by L.M. Klimov. So those are my only two experience, two exposures to Soviet cinema. This is not a Soviet film, but this is a Russian film. It's, you, you get the idea. This is, this is my familiarity with the, the culture that produced this film. Yeah, and just to let you know, this film had about a budget of 10000 to $20,000. <laughs> awesome yeah I mean, to be fair compared to the rubles like it might have been super expensive back then but this is as i said this is a cult film it's super famous and you and i are watching it for the first time so we're gonna go off and watch it and then we will be back with our notes and you know thoughts on the film and whether we would recommend this to you all right all right are you ready all right let's yeah. do it yeah. <laughs> So, we just finished watching Brat. I don't know how to spell it's. Is it basically spelled B R A T like Brat? Yep. Yeah, Roberto. This is your first time seeing this movie? This is my first time seeing this movie. I've heard a lot about it. I kind of knew what was going on since I like I kind of know I knew a few of the details, but like I've never yeah. seen it or and I've never read mm-hmm. the plot line. So like for me this was like a coming in, you know, fresh for the first time. I just kind of knew about yeah. like, the concept of it. I kind of understood what was happening. It was a little difficult to follow. Um, like, I, I don't know, I needed, I like stopped several times to have Preparto explain the plot to me or explain, explain what was going on to me. But besides that, well, that didn't really actually, no, not besides that, it didn't really affect my enjoyment of it at all. Because I don't, I, I like movies that are like sort of pastiches of like the everyday life of like characters. Like, like last night I watched The Florida Project, which is a Sean Baker film with uh, Willem Dafoe. And I absolutely loved it, but it was also a movie that didn't really have much of a plot. It just was sort of one of those pastiche films that was just sort of like a a series of events happening to these characters in this one location. And like what I enjoyed about it is it's like it's not like a conclusive ending because it's like you went through the whole film. By the way, spoiler tags heavily and content warning for... Uh, future things content warning for do, do i need to say what the content warning is for or yeah content warning for um well we might discuss it but the sexual assault happens in the movie sexual assault domestic abuse um it's a crime it's a crime film so you're gonna be killing so Which, I'm not yeah, yeah. also people are gonna be killed and also i mean ultimately i think like that it, it's treatment of it's treatment of sexual violence is not like it's not a major part of the plot it, it basically serves as a motivation for, like, Danila to be a badass. But to, I guess to briefly recap this film, the main character, what is his name, Barkov? His, his name is Danila Bagrov. Yeah, Dan, so Danila Bagrov is a young Russian man from Moscow who is recently discharged from the army and he goes to what he calls Leningrad, but now it's Petersburg at this time. Which his brother tells him, like, it's like, oh, it's called Petersburg now, but Peter for short, which, you know, is what Peter people would call Petersburg anyways. It's like, oh, yeah, this is Peter. Like, I say that all the time when I talk to my Russian friends. Like, oh, yeah, where do you study? Oh, and Peter, and they know exactly what I'm talking about. Right. And, like, I mean, you 
if you've seen on Twitter, you see us like do tweet about like seeing the uh, what's that statue, the equestrian, the the bronze horseman. Yeah, the bronze horseman, in 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 Saint Petersburg, which is the logo for the show as well. It's also a statue of Peter the Great. So <laughs> right, it's a statue of Peter the Great. Right after whom the city is named, of course. Huh? It, no, it's named after Saint Peter. Wink, wink. Heavy wink. Oh, wink. right. Duh. Saint Petersburg. Duh. No, 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 no. It's it's Saint Peter. Wink, wink. Right, right. I don't understand the same here. But anyway, so he goes, and his brother's a gangster. His brother Victor is a gangster. And Victor's a hitman who's named the Tartar, which is a re- which is a group of like I don't think he's actually Tartar, but they just call him that. Like a lot of a lot of characters in here are simply referred to as either their ethnicity or ethnicity. Like there's one guy where he just refers to as German. Or the German. Oh, he actually has a name. Yeah. His name is Hoffman. Yeah, but Dinola just calls him the German, or German. Yeah, he's called the German, or Niemitz. And I think they also mention another character that's just called the Chechen. Yeah, he's he's not in there for long. And then also, the other guy, the main bad guy is named Roundhead. Right, Roundhead. Yeah, so it's like, they have like a lot of silly names. Like Roundhead, or... I don't know. I think th- th- there's one dude. Isn't there one dude who's called like Padlock or something stupid? Oh, uh, there's a Pinecone. Yeah, Pinecone. Yeah, there was one guy named Pinecone and another guy's named the Mole. Which, I mean, the Mole, okay, I get it. That's established. But like, what is Pinecone even supposed to mean? I uh, I don't know. I think it's just like a nickname. So anyway, his brother is a hit victor, is a, hit, is a hitman known by the name of the Tartar or the Tartar. And gosh, I don't, I don't even remember. It just sort of follows the life of this young gangster as he goes around Leningrad getting into violent conflicts with people. Is he really a gangster though? Cuz like he's he was just doing stuff for his brother, which is like the main thing. Well, but he's getting involved in like yeah, he's just sort of doing things for his brother. And his brother like puts him up, gives him money, gives him weapons, tells him to buy nice clothes. You know, he seduces him into the lifestyle, so to speak. As the, as the movie goes on, like, it really doesn't have much of a plot line, which is something I really enjoyed, because there was, like, you spend most of the movie just kind of seeing, like, Danila uh, doing just different things, getting used to the city, doing stuff for his brother, you know, falling in love with uh, this train, con- this trolley conductor named Sveta, you know, who's also a married woman, who gets, who gets like, physically abused by her husband. So, like, she tries to avoid him as much as possible. Yeah, which is one thing I wanted to talk about. Um, there's several scenes. So I was just sort of reflecting on... I put down in my notes here. I was sort of reflecting on gangster movies. And at, at certain points, Daniela is sort of like a Robin Hood character. So at one point, he... The way he meets his friend, the German. The German is, I think, like, meant to be a homeless man. Yeah, he sells, like, watches. The way he meets him is this gangster, like, who comes to shake him down for protection money, and Danilo just walks up and very fakely and casually just knocks him out and then takes his gun. And they become friends after that. And another time, he gets onto a bus and he sees, like, the the fair guy get on the bus and he says, do you guys have your tickets? And um, the guys at the back just keep arguing with him, saying, no, we don't have tickets. Or, Or just basically telling him to buzz off and eventually say, well, if you don't have your ticket, you have to pay the fine. And it says, I'm not paying any fine. So Daniela gets up, sticks his gun in the guy's face, and takes his wallet, and then takes out the seven... I think they translate it to dollars, but it's rubles. The seven ruble fine. Yeah, I was like, he just said seven. I It's also what they said in Russian. It was like seven. So I'm guessing it was like 700 rubles. Yeah, so probably 700 rubles. Yeah. It's like 700 rubles, so... Or 7,000, depending on the inflation rate. 
Right, right. Yeah, so he, like, helps out this random guy getting shook down by thugs. He helps another guy who's, like, just trying, just doing his job and, like, for basically forcing these other thugs to obey the rules of society, I would say. And he, he offers to help this um, trolley driver, Sveta, with her abusive husband, which... She, she denies. She says no to. Yeah, which she says no to. Right, right. And I was just thinking, the gangsters, especially in the West, in Western gangster films, but also in real life, tend to have, like, a sort of Robin Hood or... Yeah, like, a very Robin Hood persona. Like, the Jesse James, for example, was, like, in... in and, like, the pop culture of the day was thought of as, sometimes as a Robin Hood character, as were, like, many, like, famous bank robbers. They were, you know, there are people who were outlaws. They were outside the law, and they, they tend to get romanticized in, yeah, they get romanticized in Western stories and in Western pop culture. And, like, if you want to, like, think of examples of this in film, in, in The Godfather, um, Sonny Corleone beats up his brother-in-law, Carlo, for abusing his sister. Well, he deserved it. Well, yeah, of course he deserved it. Right, right. But in The Godfather Part 2, if you've ever seen this, so spoilers for this as well, Vito Corleone is initially known as not a gangster, but simply somebody who's like, if you have a problem, he'll take care of it for you. Like, are, are the police, like, harassing you? Don't worry, he'll take care of it. In Goodfellas, they steal and give out goods. And, like, a, a real-life example of this is, like, how gangsters have a tendency to romanticize themselves. I once saw an interview with the former London gangster Bobby Cummins, or Bobby Cummings, who often tells a story of how he um, helped out somebody who, like, their daughter was about to be forced into sex work because of debt. So I just noticed, like, the same thing in Russian gangster films where, like, they, they romanticize young men who use violence to take the law into their own hands. Um, the anthropologist David Graeber once wrote, I think, in his book, The Utopia of Rules, that we like gangsters because the gangster is the man who makes his own law. And, like, you also have to, like, think about, like, in this era, it's like the late 90s. This is before Putin took power. And things were just, like, bad in Russia. Like, economically, everything was just kind of horrible. Like, the reason, like, everything is, like, they mentioned, oh, yeah, a million, like, rubles for this one rifle that uh danila buys it was and it was and it looked like it was like 300 dollars because like the economy was just that bad yeah the ruble was that inflated yeah the ruble was that inflated this is really what allowed the the mafia to kind of come in and like you know organized crime to come in and like, kind of establish different things because they could provide the order that the government just couldn't and it, and with this it's like super interesting because it's like you know we'll talk about it when we get to putin but like not to like talk you know talk him up but he really did crack down on all these like mafia members and like the organized crime and kind of did like help the economy a whole bunch which is why like he's still look seen on seen upon as favorable because like people still have this recollection of like the yeltsin years and like the post like gorbachev perestroika and everything where everything was just chaotic and if, so you can see people like you know oh yeah here's this robin hood-esque character who wants to help out the little guy and he's like, he's just one of us. And, you know, he served in the army because most people would have, you know, they would have served in the army. So with, with that, it, it you can kind of see like the reflection of this is why, like, you know, this Pache film is just kind of showing this guy who served in the army kind of is a badass because, you know, with our Russian army training. Right. And he's able to like kind of create like his own success. But because this is like a crime noir film, 
like it kind of blows up in his face at the end of it because you know he's as like the the german like uh likes to say that you know the city is an evil force that makes uh that makes a strong weak because it drains him of everything right right and i mean just to comment on the thing with putin and cracking down on organized crime i'll say this the petty thief is executed the great thief becomes a feudal lord so that's all i have to say on that front because i mean fundamentally it's it's about power i would say when there's a power vacuum organized crime moves in but again the gangster is the man who makes his own law they simply made their own law and forced it with violence and that's also what a state does that's also what putin did and let's not get more into that because we will discuss that in four plus years yeah right right i just wanted to say i think this movie is fundamentally i think a fantasy that ordinary russians made because they wanted to imagine somebody who's just so morally upright and so good at killing that he just he makes his own law because he's just so untouchable like there's one moment in the movie where there's several moments in the movie where he should have died like it's like if this was not a movie he would be dead because there's one part where he like hops onto a trolley after attracting the attention of some gangsters he wants to take out and he's shot but he survives and he survives like through because of his allies there's another part where he's shot at again while he's just walking around and he's saved by his sony walkman that he always keeps in his pocket and it's like it I, I don't think Sony Walkman can stop a bullet, but whatever. He's fundamentally a guy who's godlike in his ability to keep on killing people and survive anything. It's like John Wick. Like, spoilers for John Wick. It's like, okay, you can see how badass John Wick is. Like, he shows off skill. It's more believable. But it's like, okay, realistically, it doesn't matter how well trained you are. You cannot take on more than two people at once. Yeah, and it kind of reminds me of, like, what you said earlier. This is, like, um, like the boondock saints, basically. Right. But, like, this guy's just a gangster instead. And it's not as, like, and it's not as funny. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, so I'd say it's, like, it's, it's fundamentally a fantasy, almost like a revenge fantasy of, you know, an ordinary, not an ordinary Russian man, but, like, an extraordinary Russian man standing up for the little guy. That's why I, like, think of him as a Robin Hood character which there's nothing wrong with that because lots of great works of literature and film have been fundamentally revenge fantasies that's every that's every quentin tarantino movie ever it's like in inglorious bastards he's like he's perfectly aware that it's ridiculous and over the top to have a, a guerrilla army unit that just can successfully murder the entire leadership of the nazi party of course it's like an over the top revenge fantasy because it's fun Tarantino is aware it's completely over-the-top, ridiculous revenge fantasy. That's the entire point. Yeah, and, like, and like one thing I can see from, like, this film, which I think was just, like, probably, like, the most enjoyable, and just kind of being able to, like, see, like, what Russian life was like for someone of that age. Because, like, the, the, I think uh, Danila was probably, like, in his, like, late 20s. I would say, like, mid, he looked, like, mid-20s, because he was, like, discharged from the army already. Yeah, he was like in his 20s. Yeah, because Sergei Badrov was 30 in 2002 when he died. So yeah, he's like in his mid-20s. And you get and you see him doing all these different things. Like he's going out to like concerts, which uh, Nautilus is actually a band, by the way. Mm -hmm. Not Nautilus Pompilius, that is a Russian band. There's a few other bands you can see on there yeah. that showed up in the film. There's like, there's like a um, thing, there's like a common theme with music. Like he's constantly asking the clerk for Nautilus um, CDs. He's constantly listening to his Walkman. Yeah, Butusov, the, the the guy he he saw when he was um, 
when he had like those two men like tied up when he went to, looking for aspirin. Mm-hmm. That was actually the the lead singer of Not- Nautilus Pompilius. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, so he got to meet his like he got to meet one of his favorite musicians. But like you can see, like you know, he goes to a concert, he goes like to a nightclub, and like you get to see like the there's this one character named Cat who's like a drug addict and he makes friends with as well. So they they kind of like hang out and and all of that and like you know they, they do drugs together. So it's kind of showing life in like in the '90s. So it's kind of like it's a period piece at the same time without it you know without meaning to be a period piece. It's just supposed to be like an action crime drama film. I would say that I would recommend this film because it's like super enjoyable. The only issue I see with the film is just kind of there's like this one scene which we have to talk about like super quickly if anything. I, I just want to say I would also recommend this film. I think it might be difficult for non-native Russian speakers because the plot is sort of difficult to follow and the subtitles were not always completely accurate. I mean, it was, I guess it was close enough, but it was like a, a little difficult to follow, like I said before. But it's it's like... It can give you a window into, I guess, Russian self-perception on some way. Because it's, it's an aggressively Russian film. Oh, you know, it's very Russian. Like, I was glad I was here to watch this as Brendan because a few times I had to, like, translate the... Um, I mean, it was mostly the curse words that I had to translate because they were like, you know, my favorite one was when he called someone a black-assed worm when they literally just said, yeah, that's a black ass. So, like, it's, it's one of those things where... You know, we, we can curse on... This is Patreon, we can curse. Yeah, this is Patreon. Yeah, he calls him a black ass, which I just... I don't know. I guess black means bad. It's not a racial thing, I'm pretty sure, since... Well, like, it's like... You, you saw it with, like, the Chechens, because, like, when they were talking about the Chechen earlier on in the movie, it's like, oh, the Chechen is surrounded by three of his, like, dark bodyguards. But that's, like, something that the Russians frequently do when they talk about people from the Caucasus, is that they call them dark... Yeah, well, the tra- yeah the translation says darkies, so I guess that that refers to like the darker skin of Chechens. You know, Chechens also like they're North Caucasians, so like so like you know since this is also going on the History Circle Vela Patreon feed, you would know them. You know, the Chechens are basically the a lot of the people who come down the Dario Pass. But overall, like you know, there's really there's like this one scene where like you know it's on the topic of race that the German and Daniela are talking, and he's like, oh. Which came off as a bit anti-Semitic. Like, yeah, I really don't like the Jews. A bit anti-Semitic. It was. It just was anti-Semitic. It's just. It's. It's. You know. It's casual racism that Danila expresses because he's a. He's a. He's a flawed character. Like he fulfills the power fantasy of like somebody who you know like sticks it to the thugs who like shake down homeless men and stuff. But also like in the end, he is just another person among many people who use violence to get what they want. Yeah, which which proves to be his downfall because like Svieta basically gets really upset with him because like because he shot her boyfriend in the leg or something like that and then you know she goes like why don't you just kill him too while like trying to take care of her husband and it doesn't help you know after what she went through in the film that she would want to be around Danila because that's what caused her to to go through that because Svieta in the film was raped by Roundhead and his thugs yes so yeah this this is the thing for which we should insert a content warning it's I mean we did yeah, okay, yeah. There's sexual violence, but it's like, it, it, it's a pretty, like, unfortunately common treatment of sexual violence in film, which is that it's sort of just like, it's just a motivator for the male character to be like, oh, I can't believe he did this. And then he goes and kills the person who did it. And it's like, it's it's a motivator for his revenge. It, it, the, the term, I think, in TV tropes is fridging. Yeah, the, the girlfriend in the fridge. Yeah, the girlfriend in the fridge, which basically means a... a, a a female character is reduced to 
some sort of victim of horrific violence, which serves as a motivator, which basically serves to move the plot forward. So like, you know, the, the plot, rather than the plot being about the sexual violence that the woman faced, the, it, she serves the plot rather than the other way around. So it's like, there's sexual violence here, but it's like, it's barely there in the movie and its treatment of it is nonchalant, which is why it's not that important to the film, but also why it's like a, a bad portrayal of it, in my opinion. Literally, it's just like, it, the film would have been just fine if that scene was not in there. Yeah, it's it's unnecessary. Because then it had Victor, Danilo's brother, just kind of, you know, being beat up and everything, calling for Danilo to come to him, which, you know, happens after the fact that he sees Svieta and kind of drunkenly singing after what she went through. And then I, I was just like, well, if the brother was going to be another way for him to kind of get to the place where it needs to be for the for the movie to, like, resolve that, like, whole, like, gangster plot line, then, like, why was Svieta's sexual assault necessary yeah it wasn't necessary which i mean it wasn't it's not like there can be unnecessary sexual assault there's a lot of things in movies that are unnecessary but as long as you handle it well it's fine i don't care but it there was not handled well in this instance no absolutely not but like again i mean i don't have I, it's weird because i don't have much to say on it because it's such an inconsequential part of the whole plot of the movie it, it literally is because as i said as i said earlier like, then he goes off, kills Roundhead and his goons, mm -hmm. basically tells his brother to go live with their mom. Yeah, go take care of their mom and stop stop being a gangster. Get away from the life. Everything happens where, like, the movie ends, and Danila, basically, everything happens to Danila where the German doesn't want to be his friend anymore because Danila's kind of fallen to the city. You know, Kat, the, the drug addict who he befriended and, like, slept with after the after they hung out, it's kind of, like, doesn't really care. He's like, whatever. And he just gives her money to get more drugs and stuff like that and go see a concert. And then Svieta, as I said, doesn't want to see him anymore because it's like, well, you were too violent of a person. Now I associate what happened to me with you, basically. Which, which is fucked up because, like, her husband was beating her. She doesn't want more violence in her life. But we also don't get to see that how that, you know how things form after that because it's like we don't you know she's just kind of taking care of him afterwards we just kind of see her like kind of like crying after at the end of the film while her husband is like drinking with like a friend often like the often the background and then that the film ends with like the knee like kind of riding back to moscow as he hitchhikes the same way he told his brother to get to moscow and that's pretty much it for the film like it's it's, it's a very it's a, it's a really fast film it's like an hour and a half like we watch it on YouTube. It's on YouTube with English subtitles, or you can or you can get it for five bucks renting wise on Amazon Prime. Yeah, which I don't know why you would spend the five bucks and give it to Amazon of all companies when you could watch it for free on YouTube. But you know, to each his own. To each his own. It's from the Russian company that makes it. That made right. it. Right. So it's like you know, and they're providing it for free. They, well, yeah. Probably actually, not they probably me. get no ad revenue, but whatever. Well, not for me because I have a U blocker on. <laughs> no, they still get. I think it still counts, right? I don't think so, but I don't care. Yeah. All right. Whatever. It's a, it's available online. If you if you speak Russian, you can get the HD version for like in full length off the same uh, user, or you can get, watch it in eight parts in it with English subtitles. Like it's available. Like most Russian films are pretty much available on YouTube. Which is like the nice thing because you don't have to like buy a bunch of them. Just the newer stuff you have to buy. Yeah. Um, Come and See is also on YouTube. It's not a Russian film. It's a Belarusian film. But whatever. As I said, I'd recommend this film. Just kind of like as a Pache film. Because it's like it's not a long film. It's a bit hard to follow. Especially if you don't have good subtitles. 
But, like, the subtitles weren't bad. It just didn't translate everything. I think if you want a window into Russia's cultural psyche at this time, I think it's a great film. Because gangster films are always like this. Like, I mentioned earlier, but there's, like, a lot of parallels here with, like, Depression-era films in... Or, like, movies about the Great Depression in America. Because, like, for example, like, the Coen brothers, Oh Brother, We're Out There, Where Art Thou? That's a crime film that's set against... Or, sorry, not a crime film, but it's a... It's like a comedy, I guess. It's set against the backdrop of the Great Depression, and it also features George Babyface Nelson, who was like just an infamous brutal gang- bank robber. He was not a good person, but he's still romanticized because, yeah, he was a man who made his own law against, you know, the it's the that movie's portrayal of authority is not good, even if like the criminals that they're talking about are also like bad people, but the you know, Americans like had this perception, had the same perception of gangsters and of authority when the Great Depression was happening. And we do in hindsight as well. So it makes sense to me that, you know, this was at a time of economic turmoil in Russia. It, it romanticizes the outlaw or the gangster in this case. If it's taking place in a city instead of the Wild West, it becomes a gangster movie, not an outlaw movie. Even though in reality, it's like, no, the, the mafia is complicit in the economic oppression of normal Russians. It, but it didn't showcase that as much. It, just, it was just kind of like the backdrop for like setting up like the beginning of Danila's brother Victor kind of like asking Danila, like, hey, can you go kill this guy for me? Because like he's butting in on my market. And then you see the one thug like trying to like mug the German. So it's like, it's just touched upon. It's not, doesn't go any further with it. That's the thing that bothers me about gangster movies overall, because like any given mafia movie, they're always talking, they're portrayed as like, you know, again, an outlaw, somebody who resists established authority. It's like a sort of a countercultural figure. Well, no, the mafia is embedded in unions. It's, it was embedded in the police. It was embedded in government. There's no separation between the oppression that they're apparently resisting and the mafia itself. It's just people who moved in and took over for themselves, for their own self-interest. They're not helping, like, the people. That's something that only exists in movies. In the early 20s, there was absolutely no discernible difference between organized crime, the police, and, like, political bosses like Boss Tweed in big cities like New York or Boston. There's no difference. It was all one system. Brat 2, which we're going to watch in the future, has the most impact, like, on Russian films, which is actually the more recommended one, but I didn't want to watch Brat 2 without watching the first one. We will cover that in a future Patreon episode. did want to tell you, you know, Sergei Badrov Jr., who plays Danila, did die in 2002 at the age of 30. How did he die? He died in Rock Slide. He was filming a, um, a new film, and there was, like, an ice rock slide that killed 135 people. Wow. Yeah, so it was just kind of like, what a way to go. He was literally an up-and-coming actor and everything. Yeah. Well, he left behind a hell of a legacy. And you'll see more when we get to Brat 2 or Brat 2 in the future. So, like, I feel like that one has more of an impact and does comment more on... Like, it goes deeper in depth with, like, like all the cultural implications and everything that people like to accept. Because I do know more about Brat 2 than I do about the first one. Real quick, I just want to say, the essay by David Graeber that I was talking about, I'll try to find it to put it um in the patreon but i do recommend that he 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 talks about like the relationship but you know the the american perception of gangsters and mm-hmm. you know how the the gangster is the man who makes his own law i, w- I would recommend that essay all righty just, just give me the link so i can just 
put it in the episode description. It was, um, so this was fun. This is our first film review. It was a bit disjointed, but isn't it always for the first time you do something? I think it was fine. Um, I took some notes, but it was really, I kind of stopped taking notes like 20 minutes into the movie because I was too into the movie, which is, which is something you want to hear, right? <laughs> like, but I think next time we will be doing a Russian folktale. Ooh. Okay. Wait, is this from the uh, book I got you? Is this from the book you got me? Yes. Cool. So, like, we will... Brendan and I will be doing that reading. How we're going to read it together, I don't know, but we're going to do it somehow. So, if anything, I could... If it has lines, I'll probably just have Brendan reading the the voices. So you can take a break from my voice. Um, We'll we'll figure it out. Yeah, I found the um, essay. It's called On Batman and the Problem of Constituent Power. Oh, it was published as Superposition in the new inquiry in 2012 awesome so we will see you guys next month thank you guys so much for supporting the show all you princes of russia and all you all you princes of novgorod all you princes of novgorod and all you uh patronebi yeah all our map all our all our patronebi our our eristavi from georgia <laughs> yeah. if you're listening to this eristavi yeah yeah all our princes in eristavi because you know we we go with the georgian title because it's 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 prince or like Knyaz's, but Knyaz is like more medieval. So like Knyaz does sound nice. We're still figuring this stuff out. But welcome to the Grand Embassy, everybody. You now get two bonus episodes a month for, for the price of one. Cool. Continue supporting us if you have any recommendations. We will put, we will actually start putting polls. I'm Brendan, and that is a Vlesh Prash Diet Parasita from me. And that's a Dos Vidanya Tovarishi from me. See you next time. See you next time. Mm-hmm.